podcast. Anything that you want, no, we got that. Sports, we got that. Joke, we got that. And we just getting started, so don't turn me down. Stop that. From LA all the way to the A. Maddie and Cohen got so many things to say. Switching up the topic quick as I switch up the flow. So make sure you pay attention. Okay, ready? Here we go. It's the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Degenerate. Welcome everybody to the Daily Degenerate Sports Podcast. I'm Matty Goldberg um, in LA. I'm going to the Dodger game tonight. And in Georgia, I'm joined by two men because it's a crazy last few days in the NBA and we need some NBA experts. Take it away, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, before I introduce our uh, famed guest, uh, great friend of this podcast, I will introduce myself. I am the Michael Rappaport of the South. I am Podcast Poppy. I am the professional devil's advocate, and I am the Johnny Sins of podcasting. My name's Cohen Hughes, and it doesn't matter what time it is in Georgia because everyone is on the same time in the United States right now and Canada, and it's Kawhi Leonard time. But before we get into that, my man, Thomas Penland, TP3 Podcast. Wow. We needed him for today because we had the fucking craziest Sunday of all time in NBA free agency. Thomas Penland, tell the people an intro. What's up, guys? I'm Thomas Penland. I'm the host of the uh, Hot Takes with CP3 Sports Podcast. Um, my Twitter handle is at Hot Takes with CP3 on Twitter, um, on Instagram at TP3 underscore NBA underscore bets. And you know, I've been on this podcast many times. Great podcast. Cohen's been on mine many times. We all love working together. Me and Cohen, big NBA junkies. So we got lots of good stuff for y'all today. We do. Um, before we, do. we start, there's a little bit of sad news coming out of uh, Anaheim in Texas. Tyler Skaggs has died at age 27. Police found him dead in his hotel room. I was reading right now, we don't know much, um, but as of right now, foul play, murder or suicide is not suspected. Yeah, Nobody very sad. Very sad. There's uh, two deaths I remember. Uh, Daryl Kyle back in the day, he was a Cardinals pitcher, same kind of thing, woke up just dead. Yeah. Uh, and then the sad thing with Nick Adenhart, who was an Angels pitcher who pitched one game, and then a drunk driver killed him the night of his first game, which is just so tragic. Uh, very sad, 27, way too young. He's from this area, Santa Monica, California, which is Los Angeles. Uh, I guess we'll learn more, but just very devastating and really awful for the Angels and baseball. Yeah. So, so I can say. Uh, this is episode 97. Uh, we do have to give, give the episode away. And me and Thomas think we've settled on Kurt Busch. So this is now officially the Kurt Busch episode, number 97. I didn't even know race car drivers. Well, I guess they have numbers on their car, but on the cars, yeah, I, I don't think they wear them on the jerseys because what I, a random, what yeah, a random number. Yeah, it is, and I think it's one of those things where let's say that Kurt Busch gets sick one day, I think they can just sub a driver in for him, so he can still wear ninety seven, like it's not attached to the racer. But nobody cares about NASCAR at a time like right now. We just had the absolute reddest, bloody Sunday in NBA free agent history. Yeah, it was insane, and uh, it, it happened fast, whereas the MLB, 
you know, you had Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. It took forever. We're like, where are they going to go? This yep. is getting kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But it just happened so goddamn fast. And it started with Kevin Durant and a complete bombshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I, I grew up in New York, and I have arguments with my buddies in New York, and they're like, KD's coming, KD's coming to the Knicks. I'm like, there's no way. But I thought there was no way he was going to the Knicks. But the Brooklyn Nets, I did not see that coming one bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, two of your top three free agents have teamed up and gone to the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Both of them signing pretty pretty large four-year deals. Kyrie's is uh, four years, 141 mil. And Kevin Durant's is four years, 164. Of course, Kevin Durant will not play this upcoming season while he rehabs, you know, his his leg. It's still worth getting him, though. I I, I believe the investment is still worth uh, having him sit out a year, hoping he comes back to who he is. And I mean, if you have a chance to get a guy like that, he's a one of a kind mm-hmm. talent. So, Pinland, yeah, I, um, I saw the report that the Knicks didn't offer. Kevin Durant, um, the max deal. Yeah, I mean, that is just just absolutely ridiculous. You know, I can't believe that they would not offer him the max deal. I mean, how can you not? It's Kevin Durant. Like, how can you not offer Kevin Durant the max deal, especially if you want him? It just goes to show you how stupid the Knicks are. I mean, they even said that said about D'Angelo Russell, I mean, the, the Suns and the Knicks, I mean, all kinds of stupid. I mean, it's just, there's a reason why these teams suck and why they've been bad for so long. Um I thought the KD move was a good move by the Nets to go out and get him. Uh, I like it because, I mean, even though KD's going to sit out for a year, the Nets still have lots of young guys that need to develop more. So give these young guys another year to develop, let KD rest up, and then next year they can run things in the East, hopefully, for them. I think they will. I think they're the new team to beat in the East. Well, in in two years, for sure, when KD comes back. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not a big Kyrie Irving guy, but he's he's proven that he's the second guy. He can do a lot of damage and be a very, very good player. So when the two of them play together, it will be a good one-two punch. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it will be like, will will Katie go back to where he was? Now I have a buddy who's a Knicks fan who's like, you know, he's never going to be the same. But it's like, give me a fucking break. You got to get a guy like that. I yeah, mean, they got the, the 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 free agents they got. It's like Julius Randle. Yeah, Julius Randle was, was the best free agent you got, and he was ranked number twenty-seven. Or you're gonna you're gonna sell that to your fans? No, that they, they had to do the um, they had to do the the sorry letter the next day. James Dolan put out a sorry letter to all Knicks fans. Like, hey, I know the night didn't go like you thought it would, but you know, like we have some stuff in the works. Da, 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 da. Well, not not that it didn't go, but like you know, in New York when there's two teams, so you have like the Giants are like the big brother and the Jets are the little brother. The Yankees are the big brother, the Mets are the little brother. Mm-hmm. The Knicks for sure for years was the big brother. Yeah. And it's like the little brother got one up on the big brother. Mm-hmm. But, and it just I think doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think it's funny because the Knicks, I mean, the Nets basically traded their entire franchise at that one point for the, like, the whole future of their franchise so they could get... Um, Paul Pierce. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Jason Terry and Garnett. And, I mean, they just like... like They literally owed the Celtics basically all their first-round picks for the next couple of years. Yeah. And then... the ended up now with the better team than the Celtics. I mean, if you had told me they were going to have the better team than the Celtics, I would have said you're crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the Celtics didn't go quietly yesterday either. Um, they did lose um, They did lose Gary Al Terry. Horford. 
and Scary Terry, but they um, they did a surprising move. I had heard that Kimball Walker said that he was going to take less than the max to stay with the Hornets and get built around. But in a surprising move to me, he has made his way over to the Celtics. Four years, 141 mil, which is max for I him. And I love the deal for the mm-hmm. Celtics. Yeah, I think um, offensively, in terms of actual scoring points and you know making the offense move, I think that's, it's an upgrade over Kyrie. I don't think Kimball Walker is a better player than Kyrie necessarily. But, but he, I think fits this, he, he fits the Celtics better. He will be more willing to do what Brad Stevens says. He will create less waves. He will be less selfish. Very good. Well said. Exactly. He fits the system good. Um, and we saw what, what Isaiah Thomas and Scary Terry did, who aren't like, who kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine what Kemba Walker can do if he plays the system right. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't really like the move. I don't see how Kemba Walker is really any different from Kyrie Irving. I mean, at the end of the day, they had Al Horford go out the door. He's now on the 76ers. and I mean, if you look at the rosters, yeah, the Seventy Sixers don't have great shooting, but the Celtics are going to have no one to bang in the paint with. I mean, the Celtics will have no one to bang in the paint with the Seventy Sixers. And, and I mean, they know they signed Ennis Cantor to a contract, but he can't eat during the playoffs because oh, of Ramadan. So it's he. No, Cantor's a great player, but I mean, he's useless Whoa. in the playoffs because well, he and, can't eat. Well, and 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 plus, once he gets that lateness, and he he gets worn down and injured, and that shoulder is bad for him. So I, I don't can't think tell he's you how many back. layups. I can't tell you how many layups he missed versus the Warriors. Like, he's just right under the basket. Yeah, but that's because for Ramadan, he can't eat during the day. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he has, has no energy. Yeah. So, I mean, he can't. He was good until that half, until he got to that point in the playoffs. So, once we got to that point, I mean, he really just was not very useful. Mm-hmm. And um, I also don't like, I mean, I would take Enos Cantor under perfect conditions for five mil a year. That's, that's a steal. But, like you said, with the Ramadan and the whole extradition of Turkey and the whole drama offside that he brings he's not necessarily my first pick and i don't think he gives that impact like for, to start for them you know and make anything happen Celtics well, definitely t- took a step back but you never know with you know brad stevens and what he does so my question is is leonard officially a la laker no he could be an la clipper so he hasn't decided yet does not decided yet um so the deal with the playoff or the deal with free agency is that all these deals are verbal until until this Sunday, uh, July sixth at, at noon. That's when it, they can officially sign. So no one's officially signed yet. So I think Kawhi is waiting to see where every other free agent goes and what team puts what around him and then picks the situation, which is a good move for him, I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean probably the best place for him would be the Lakers because then they have a super team. And then well, we got the super team over again. The Lakers would be super top heavy. They have like Alex Caruso, you know, like they have. Um, yeah, but they would be so top heavy. Yeah, but. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you think about it, so this would be the Lakers starting five if they get Kawhi. So they're going to have Rondo at point guard. Then they're going to have Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kawhi, and throws whoever else in there you want to. Mo Wagner. But I know he, no, but, he, got you know, he got traded. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I just don't really think it matters who else they have in there. When you have three players that good on the floor, and especially yeah, another guy matter. Can pass as well as Rondo, they're going to elevate the guys around them like the Warriors do with these guys, like the Patrick McCaws, the Alfonso McKinney's. You know, they elevate these guys, JaVale McGee, even, and take them to the next level. And so 
I think that's the same effect that having Kawhi and LeBron and all them out there. You know, the Lakers could get really screwed here, though, because, I mean, they missed out. Like, let's say they weren't going to get Kawhi and they went out and used that money to get guys like Bogdanovich, you know, or like yeah. just get these get these guys, you know, who can who are great role players that can play. But now they can't really get any of them. So, I mean, it's Kawhi or bust for them. I personally think, though, Kawhi will end up going to the Lakers. I think that it's I think it's pretty much inevitable, but. You know, there's always that outside chance something weird could happen. I mean, I can't really get a read on what's going to happen in the East until Kawhi can pick a landing spot because, mm. you know, at the end of the day, Kawhi, Kawhi stays in Toronto. I mean, Toronto is probably the favorite to win the East. If Kawhi leaves the East, I mean, it's wide open. I probably like Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, uh... I agree with you. I think I think that um, it's not the best move for the Lakers to balk and wait to see where Kawhi like to go, Kawhi or bust, and to go all your eggs in this one basket. I do think he will end up signing there, um, but the Lakers are, are, are skating on thin ice by waiting it out with the last three teams. Well, I mean, they got to get it done, and I, it, not, it might not be the Leonard's holding back. You know, he's waiting for everything. So, But at the Lakers, they, they want to get him. I'm surprised nobody really went to the Bucks because if you're a free agent, you're like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to be with Giannis. You know, we can really win a title. I'm surprised that a lot of these guys had decided not to go to the the Bucks. Didn't really get anybody. Am I correct? Uh, they they re-signed um, Chris Middleton, lost Malcolm Brogdon, um, signed Brooke Lopez, and um, or re-signed Brooke Lopez, signed Robin Lopez, and I think that's about it. So, so they, they didn't Wesley get Ma- a guy. And, and, and Wesley, Wesley Matthews. Matthews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two years for the minute, well, which is a good deal. This is the yeah. This is the way I look at it. Is Malcolm Brogdon is demanding a, a big salary. You don't really want to pay that to Brogdon. I mean, Brogdon's a good player, but at the end of the day, when you look down your entire roster, I just don't think d- dishing out that kind of money to Brogdon is the smartest move for the for the Bucks. I mean, Wesley Matthews is a great 3 and D player. You know, he brings – I mean, don't get me wrong. Brogdon's a great 3 and D guy too. He's a high IQ guy, but, I mean, losing him is not – you know, it sucks to lose him, but at the same time, getting Wesley Matthews is – I think the right move. Wesley Matthews brings a different element, you know, with his defense and his shooting. Two year for him, that's that's risk free. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And for what they paid for him, I think it's absolutely worth it. So, I mean, it sucks, but I like I kind of like how Milwaukee didn't tie their cap space up. Plus, I mean, they're going to have to give Giannis a super max in two years. So, I mean, they need the money to spend on him. So. They really couldn't afford to pay Brogdon. So you also got to think about it this way, too. They made the playoff run they made pretty much without Brogdon. You know, Brogdon yeah. was out for a good bit of that playoffs, the playoffs. So I think at the end of the day, they decided that he wasn't worth as much, and they decided they'd rather keep around George Hill because it was cheaper, and they'd rather get Wesley Matthews and then repay, pay Giannis the big money, which the, I think is the right move. The, the, the one bad move about the Bucks this offseason is they did supremely overpay Chris Middleton, in my opinion. Who's twenty seven? He got five years, one hundred and seventy eight mil. Well, too I much, think huh? It's the right contact. I think. I think Chris Middleton is like. I think Clay Thompson is the best three and D player you can have in the league as a number two star, and I think Middleton is right there below Thompson. Obviously, Thompson is like the A plus. It is a huge gap between A and B, but it's, he's still in the second tier. Can I ask you yeah. guys one question just to change the subject? I know you hate when I do that, Cohen, yeah. but here's an interesting food for thought about Kevin Durant. Do you think the Warriors really did a shitty move on him by letting him play that game? In my personal opinion, no, and I'm like vehemently, you know, like it's if you sign a contract for a team, you're supposed to play as many games for the team as you physically can. 
And I understand save your body, it's context. The Warriors have won so many rings already. This one didn't matter that much. And they knew he wasn't. They knew he wasn't coming back. That's the problem. I don't know that. Um, It's they. They probably knew they were on the losing side of that fight. Um, And and yeah, that maybe could have factored into it subliminally. But I don't think that it was a malicious move on their part, and they went into it thinking, oh, if we can't have him, nobody else can, or we're going to milk him for as much as we can. You know, I think that it was Kevin Durant was probably wanting to play. His Instagram post and, you know, all the media that came out led to that. And I think that, I mean, it was just bad luck that he, that, that he got re-injured. Yeah, it's the hindsight's twenty twenty, but if, 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 I, if I'm Steve Kerr, I, I let him play in that, in that game too. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Cohen on this one. I think it was the right move to let him play. I don't think they did him dirty in any way. I just think I think it was his decision to play, and what happens happens, you know. Yeah, let, let the chips right, fall in. Well. I liked your I, I liked the the move the Jazz got with Bogdanovich. I think he's a fun player. He is. Uh, yeah, Cohen. Let's talk about play. the Jazz. May uh, I would love to actually. Maybe a slight overpay for uh, for Bogey, but four years, seventy three mil. I'm glad, that even though it's high money, it is four years still. Um, you lose Rubio. We do lose Rubio to the Suns, which isn't an end all be all because we did uh, get an obvious upgrade in Mike Conley. I was a part of the school of thought with the Jazz to maybe run it back with Rubio and maybe try to put your money somewhere else. You know, like because Mike Conley was asking a lot and he did take a lot, but. You know, it's done, it's done. It's an obvious upgrade over Rubio. I'm here for it. Bogey, um, that was the telltale sign that we were losing Derek Favors, and we had to replace Derek Favors with Ed Davis, um, which is honestly a sneaky good move, if you ask me, because Ed Davis, I think, was top two in the NBA last year in um, defensive plus-minus. Number one was Rudy Gobert, so the Jazz now have two of the top two players in uh, defensive, either PER or plus-minus. Um Bogdanovich, he'll, he'll bring some spacing with a three, and we desperately need it. I don't think it was a sexy move, but I do think it was a good and needed move. I like him. He's a good player, but again, it's like you want to get a sexy player. And, and you want he to make did, a splash. He, the, his one sexy stat is he led the league off the bench last year in double-doubles. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a fun player, but again, it's like to really win a championship, you got to get a big name. I yeah. mean, you got to it's – it's unfortunate you like a team – they can't get what the Lakers can get. Yeah. Like the Jazz can never like sign three big time and, players. And and the the pipe dream this year, especially for me, and I mean maybe I was a little bit fixated on this, but was D'Angelo Russell. That would have been my best case scenario for this offseason. I love Mike Conley. He's a little bit old, you know, a little bit, you know, salary's yeah. a little bit too high, but I would have loved D'Angelo Russell. And where is he going? He went to the he was he was the he, Warriors. He signed um to the, the Warriors. The, no, he tr- was traded to the Warriors. Really? Yeah, wow. Sign and trade, which was the weirdest thing. Um, I don't know how that's going to work. If D'Lo's going to run the bench, if they're going to run super small, I mean, I well, they Steve run Kirk super goes, small. They'll, they'll run smaller, and you know, he he could be a great six man, but that's I mean, that's he's, my he's vision a hell of for him player. Right now. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's too good to not start. He'll for sure be starting for them. I think the Jazz will be a great regular season team. I just can't buy into them in the playoffs because of the star power in the West. I don't think they can beat a team like Houston, like the Lakers, like Golden State. You know, I feel like they'll have trouble keeping up. Even the Blazers, honestly. I'm really high on the Blazers getting that Hassan Whiteside in that trade and all the moves that they've made bringing players in and out this Mm -hmm. offseason. So. The West is stacked up, but I really like Denver and Utah to finish at the top of the West in the regular season, but I don't know. Not as much. I don't buy them 
them as much in the playoffs, you know, as I do in the regular season. I think that's kind of the way it is with those two teams. But sadly for I me this the- year, it's, it's it's Western Conference Finals or bust. And nah, it's going to be so hard. I understand it's, it's, that, that that the West is even more stacked, and I'm a West fanboy. I'll say every day of the yeah. week, the eight seed in the West could almost beat the two seed in the East. You know, almost every time of the, of the week. That, that, that's that, my, is, that is correct. That's my, you know, kind of MO. And it, it is going to be tough. I do think with the the spacing and more scoring taking off pressure from Mitchell, it'll be a more deadly playoff kind of attack. I don't think that we'll have to let Donovan Mitchell shoot 25 shots every playoff game anymore. Well, the thing is that the Lakers do get Leonard. I mean, everybody's going to want a, a Lakers-Golden State to go to the title. I don't and know it, that Golden it, State is, I mean, the, the, the Western Conference final favorite anymore. Well, well they'll still be darn um, good. It all comes down to where Kawhi Leonard goes. If Kawhi goes to the Clippers, I mean, in a perfect world, Kawhi goes to the Clippers. We have the most even Western Conference we've had, you know. Like, the Western Conference would be so even if he goes to the Clippers. It would be great to watch. He goes to the Lakers. The Lakers have the super overpowered team. They will for sure win it all. I mean, I think the Warriors will be really good. I think they'll be about where they used to be. The thing is, you know, Klay Thompson will not be as good. Good. You know, he'll be rusty when he comes back. It'll take him say, a while he'll, to get he'll miss the first, what, two months of the season because he didn't um, he didn't rupture his Achilles. He did, he only tore it. No, so, he tore his ACL. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he tore the ACL. Yeah. And so he'll probably be out. He'll probably be out, at, they said, till February. So, I mean, yeah, he's going to come back. He's definitely going to be rusty. He won't be the Clay Thompson we're used to seeing. It'll take him a full year to get back to being Clay, Clay Thompson. So when it's all said and done – you know, I think that the Warriors they'll be good. I think the Rockets have a chance, but if the if the if the if the Lakers don't get Kawhi, the Rockets have a legitimate chance. If the Lakers get Kawhi, I mean, it's the Lakers no matter Why what. Why don't the they, Rockets try to get Leonard? They have no cap space for him. I mean, they could. Are they try gonna to get make, rid of Chris Paul? I mean, they could try to do some sort of move to free up cap space, but Leonard is not even interested in signing with them, so it doesn't even matter. You know. Yeah. Plus, there's only one basketball for each team. You know. Um, speaking of the Rockets, um, to answer Maddie's question, in, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to move Chris Paul. I think that was just media overblowing, you know, like the whole disparity between Harden and Paul. Penland probably knows more than we do. And I know that we kind of balked at some of the Chris Paul once out, da 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 We overreacted at first. But I don't think Paul's the guy that's getting moved. I think it's going to be Capella. Um, I don't think the Rockets are going to make any moves, honestly, to tweet the roster. I think they're pretty – I think they're pretty much going to keep everything the way it is. I don't think they could get get what they wanted for Capella in return. You know, I think they wanted to get Jimmy Butler, and they couldn't get Jimmy Butler with Moody and Capella, so they're just going to kind of sit there and keep everything that they have together. Also, I thought Jimmy Butler going to Miami was probably the worst move than any free agent in, in free agency. I mean, I don't think the Heat are a playoff team with or without Jimmy Butler. I mean, let's be honest. Jimmy Butler really that good at the no, end of the day? I mean, this not. guy's been playing with Thibodeau. No. How I mean, look at how Lou Aldang aged with Thibodeau. Look at all these guys aged with Thibodeau. He plays his he plays his two way players so much that it just takes so much of a toll on their body. I mean, the Heat's roster is garbage outside of him. Like it's yeah. bad. Like Richard, Josh Richardson yeah, I, was. I don't believe in the Heat at all. He's and, uh, out of there. Tyler Richardson was traded to the Hornets or something, right? Who? Oh, t- Tyler Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they sent they sent him at the All Star break or at the trade deadline last year to the to um Wizards, to right? the Suns. 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 Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the Heat's roster outside of Bam Adebayo and and uh, Jimmy Butler, they really have nothing on that roster. I mean, they're paying Ryan Anderson like 
$25 million a year. They still have that contract. I mean, I don't like the way this heat roster is constructed at all. I thought it was bad last year. I mean, they missed the play. Like, like I would, so I'm a huge Hawks fan. I'm an Atlanta guy. I watched almost every Hawks game. I mean, the Hawks were beating the heat by 20 damn points. Three out of the four times we played them. And the other time we played them, they beat us by one point at the end of the game at home. I mean, when they came to Atlanta, we absolutely embarrassed them. Like I'm talking, we're up by 20 points at the end of the first quarter, both times. And it was 20 points the whole game. So, um, yeah. the Heat were definitely a loser in this. Um, speaking of some other teams, in well, the I East, wouldn't say the Heat. I wouldn't say the Heat were a loser as a team because they were able to get get. Like I'd say that's a win for the Heat that, to get Jimmy a, Butler. They're going to try to build around him, but I'd say Jimmy Butler's a loser. I mean, obviously, he didn't want to go somewhere and be the number three guy like he would be in Philadelphia or Houston. But at the same time, he's so selfish that he just said, like, he said he wanted to win so he could get out of Minnesota. Then he goes to the Heat, and th- there's no way he wants to win if he goes to Miami. Jimmy Butler's just taught, you know, like he's just, yeah. I don't he wants even know. the money. He just, he just says shit just to hear his head rattle. Pretty much. So, yeah, he uh, wants the money. another team that really lost in the East to me was the Charlotte Hornets. I really thought they were going to get to re sign Kimball Walker, walked away empty handed. They got Terry Rozier. Yeah, I thought that bad, was a good but move. Again, they're a small team. I mean, you got to applaud your Jazz because the Jazz, as a small team, got a few players. I mean, that's what you kind of I mean, have I mean, to I mean it's, it's possible for anybody. There are guys like like a, a guy that's mid-level, like Bobby Portis, you know, like Danny Green, Rudy Gay. You know, like these are guys yeah. that, that, that are attainable. They help the that, team that, out. That, that, that would make the Charlotte Hornets way better. Well, you know, it's it's Marcus there's Morris. nothing they can really do. I, I just think when you're a team that's not like a big-time team, it's so hard to keep your big guys. It's so hard to re-sign them and keep them. And then you just know you're not going to get, like, the big whales. Who did the Hornets draft this year, Finland? Um, I actually think they had one. Of, this is one of my least favorite picks in the whole first round. It was P.J. Washington. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the, yeah the Hornets were in just a horrible spot. Yeah, you know, P.J. Washington, he's 6'9", and he plays power forward, but he can't shoot the ball. He's not fast. So, I mean, his game doesn't translate at all to the NBA. I just I just don't see him translating at all. I mean, Miles Bridges is a good young player. Malik Monk's a good young player. Dwayne Bacon, but, I mean, they, they have, have a young um, – So, I thought, I, thought bringing, Batum. I thought bringing in Rozier to replace Kimba Walker was actually a decently good move because you didn't let your most valuable asset walk for free. And, I mean, Terry Rozier's got a lot of upside. If you can develop him right, you know, he can – turn into a decent player in the league. So I thought, you know, I thought it wasn't the worst move ever at the end of the day. I'd actually give that move. I give that move for the Hornets as a team, like an A plus. I mean, the fact they can wow. bring in somebody with the, I mean, they bring in someone with so much potential. It's like a three year, $58 million contract. So they're not paying him anything absurd. And he gets to help grow with the young team, you know, and they can try to resign him again. So I actually thought it was a great move by the Hornets. If I trusted anything, the front office did, Outside of that, in context, you, you can explain that to me, but the Hornets are a shit show right now. I don't believe in Scary Terry. I'm sorry. I mean, I think he's got a lot of upside. I don't I don't think like he's going to be true. a superstar in the league, but, I mean, you get a chance to watch him grow with this young team, and who knows if he does blossom into a star and be that player that he was two years ago in the playoffs, then that's a steal for the Hornets. But that you know, was like a, the same with Isaiah Thomas. I mean, what happened to him? I mean, he well, and 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 speaking like, like like in retrospect, Isaiah Thomas and Terry Rozier both. This could be the situation. 
like you could like let's say Terry Rozier gets really hot midway through the season, they could use him as a trade chip. They're they're not paying him much, so it's not like you know the contract is huge. To try to get rid of him. I mean, you. I mean, I could see that aspect. I just don't see Terry Rozier, you know, saving the the Hornets in any way. Me neither. They're going to be a seller dweller. Another team in the East that I thought really lost was the Detroit Pistons. Uh, maybe you can explain this because I didn't do so much uh, research, but is their cap situation like super bad or something? Because they made absolutely no moves. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty. their money's pretty tied up and whatnot. So, I mean, I thought what they ended up doing, I mean. Derrick Rose, not a, seven and a half mil a year. That's bunk. Get that out of my face. I mean, Derrick Rose is a decent playmaker to add to the team. I mean, he's not going to play a lot of minutes. I mean, the Pistons are just trying to do something to stay relevant in the East. I thought that they did, made, at least made a decent move to get better. But, I mean, the Pistons need shooting and whatnot. I mean, the Pistons, to me, are irrelevant. And, and to – to absolutely, and I mean, I hate to read this much into it, but I hate, it, it, you absolutely disrespect Blake Griffin by this being a huge free agent class. That's, a bunch of these guys are really affordable. Like, like when but, but Cohen, who wants to go to Detroit? It's not, Nobody. It's, 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 it's about you paying the guy who's on the fringe of not uh, having a job. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, that, like, like this is your front office's job. Yeah, but the point is like, Detroit is not like a fun place to live. It's not a, It's like when they sent Blake Griffin to Detroit, and I love Blake Griffin, it's like sending him to Siberia of the NBA. I mean, I live in L.A. Blake Griffin's having a hell of a time. He's in yeah. the stand-up doing comedy. Doing the comedy, doing the fashion lines. He's a model on like, the side. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, and then it's like you're, you're going to Detroit, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. So, I mean, what big-time free agents like, hmm. I'd, I think I'll go to Detroit. I mean, I don't even think Leonard likes being in Toronto. And Toronto is a, you know, it's a pretty cool city. It's cold. I'd rather be in. I'd rather be anywhere in the league than Detroit. Exactly. Yeah, um, I, I. That's not a good point to me because there, there are college football teams everywhere in America. You can get athletes but that's to go col- anywhere. That's, that, that's college for, for money. I mean, that's for like a tradition. You can get. You can get athletes to go anywhere there's there's fran there's there's a franchise in orlando but you really franchise can't in sacramento you know like you they, really can't though you i'm just being honest like there when when it comes to the big time free agents they're they're looking at places to live and it's it's more about places to live it's more about like the lights the glamour how much more money they can make and it just doesn't make any sense for the big time guys to go to Detroit, to go to Orlando, to go to Utah, to go to uh, even Oklahoma City. It's like if you draft these guys and you get lucky like Oklahoma City and you can put like three amazing guys together, that's awesome. But two of them are gone. You know, and they went to more fun places to live. There is a plethora of NBA players who have signed for the max in really shitty cities. And I know that's not Maybe. what you're looking for. You're not looking for someone to cripple your your your, your financial cap space and, and, and your outlook. But you can get guys like Ricky Rubio to go to Phoenix. You can yeah, get Ricky guys. Rubio, Rubio is, is not going to do average player. Yeah. Below average? That's what I'm saying. I'm it's talking like... Wales, Cohen. I'm talking the Leonards. I'm talking the LeBron James. I'm talking I'm guys talking that, that, that can just truly improve your team. Like, like you're making no moves. Like, I, I need Blake Griffin to get some help. That's fine. That's fair enough. Like, you know, Julius Randle could help the Pistons or uh, Rubio. Or Terrence or, Ross or Yeah, Bobby some Portis. of these guys, but that's not going to bring him a championship. Maybe with three or four of those guys surrounded by the two superstars they have. Nah. 
because the superstars aren't high big enough than the other superstars you know and if, and and at this point this is what mean you always agree on it is about perspective you have to realize that some teams like the Utah Jazz like my, we won't win the NBA championships you have to be happy with your with your playoff series win you know i got a buddy who's a, a big Iowa college football fan and he, he always complains to me he's like we got these homegrown guys and they go to fucking Ohio State mm-hmm. They go to Alabama. He's like, our best player in Iowa doesn't go to Iowa. He goes to Alabama. And it's just the same in the NBA where there are these, like, marquee franchises that the big guys are always going to go to. Mm -hmm. And they might be drafted to a shitty team, but enjoy him for the four or five years you have him because he's gone. Yeah, contract. Um, We said the Pistons, the Knicks, the Hornets – and in, in my opinion, the Kings are losers of this free agency. The Kings because they whoa whoa because the Kings had a the Kings, the Kings had, had their great free the Kings had their eyes on way bigger fish, and none of them none of them jumped in the net. But I mean, Ariza and Barnes are two great three and D guys. They're going to have out on the wings. I mean, the Kings are a playoff team for sure, and they were not in the playoffs last year. And they have Bagley and Fox developing. Bagley and Fox they, might be superstars in this league. Like you think the Kings I think the playoffs? Kings, Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, Kings are definitely the Kings are definitely in the playoffs. The Kings no disrespect so much- to my man Gustavo, but the West is stacked. There are teams. Yeah, I think the, the Kings are easily. I think the Kings. Uh, are I think the Kings the will make seventh or eighth seed. Yeah, I think the Kings are better than the Mavericks. I think they're better than the Clippers without Kawhi. The Clippers get Kawhi, they're probably in without Kawhi. I just don't. I don't know about that one. Um. You know, if you just look down up and down the Western Conference, I think they're better than the Spurs too. I think that they can can. Uh, I think they're honestly even better than the Thunder. I'd pick. I'd take them over yeah, the Thunder. The, That's th- the, the, sure. the Thunder are definite pretenders to me. You can make the that Thunder are probably the eight seed in the in the West. I think the Kings can slip in there as the seven or the eight mm. seed. I think them and the Thunder will be the last two teams to make. So, in so there. I think Spurs, the Spurs are missing the playoffs. Clippers drop out. Wow. Spurs and Clippers drop out. Kings and Lakers move in. Mavs. Mavs aren't in. Um, no, the, yeah. absolutely not. The Mavs are the most overrated team. I think that people are overhyping right now in the Western Conference. I'm not sold on the Mavs whatsoever. I mean, poor Zingis hasn't played basketball in almost two years. I mean, what makes you think he's just going to go out on the court and instantly start getting buckets? It doesn't work like that. And, you know, and, as much as, as much also, as we like that, it doesn't work like that. Like look at yeah. like look at Hayward this year. And 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 the twin the twin towers thing doesn't always work all the time. Um, when NBA goes to more of a spacing game, yeah, Porzingis can stretch out and shoot the three, and so can Doncic. But they have the, the Mavericks have guards. to do it on court to prove something. Like they, it's like they're just such a question mark. Who's their starting point guard yeah. this year, Penland? For the Mavericks. Mavericks. Doncic, I guess. I think they're playing Doncic at the one lately because they got Hardaway, Courtney Lee, Porzingis, and um, I'm not even sure who's on their. I was about to say. I'm I'm trying to pull up their roster right now because I I, I'm kind of with you. I'm I think they have a lot of like talent, like a lot like in in the bigs. You know, like I like the move to sign Porzingis. Like you know, that's a guy that you kind of have to take but mm-hmm. i'm not quite I'm sure just how thinking about out. things too the west is so good yeah no it's it's this is the best the west has ever been and that's saying something because for years i've been preaching the west is the best ever you know like it's i mean i think falling. like the rockets are like a seventh or an eighth seed 
I'm, no, the Rockets will be top. James Harden's too good. The Rockets will be a top four seed for sure. Look, if you look down their roster, so their starting five is probably going to be Dwight Powell, Porzingis, Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr., and then it depends if they want to start another point guard so they can play Devin Harris, J.J. Barea. I mean, or, so they can play – actually, wait, Harris and Barea aren't even under contract. So, I mean, the only guys they have under contract right now are Tim Hardaway, Courtney Lee, Dwight Powell, Luka, Justin Jackson, Jalen Brunson, and – and uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. But they don't – I mean, they pretty much have – that's not a playoff team. Yeah. They still they still can go out and sign some guys, but they don't really have big money to spend on anybody anymore. Well, the Mavericks, and, I think, are and also more we have of trades a two-year still. Thing. You know, like, it's not illegal to trade guys now. You know, like, this is just free agency for money. The teams can still make moves, and teams will continue to make moves. Exactly. I mean, they, they still – there's just not really any big-name free agents they can still get out there. I think they're still a year or two away, you know. Like, they almost had that trade worked out to get Goran Dragic – Mm-hmm. which I still don't think propelled them to a playoff team. But, you know, the Mavs are still a player. They're still one player away, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So let's talk about some of the free agents that are left. Um, we've already talked about Kawhi Leonard. DeMarcus Cousins, what's his move? Uh, uh, he, he lost a lot of money. I saw he an article today, uh, today on ESPN that says the free agent market for DeMarcus Cousins is now officially like unavailable. You know, like that's Yeah, he's got to sign a one-year he just did. with a contender, who did he sign with? The Warriors. No, no like last year that was his thing. Like one but year, I'm five saying, mil or whatever. He, but last year he was a commodity. This year he has completely taken himself out of the market. Like he's kind of a guy that was a bad plus minus, kind of clogging things up. I felt like he was a liability on the Warriors. He slowed them down, and they were trying to help. Like they were trying to get him the ball to make him. Yeah, trying like to force him in, and, kind of yeah, sitting organically. And it wasn't working. And as soon as he left the game, they they sped up the pace and they started, you know, scoring. There were more runs. And yeah, I, I I just see him signing a one year deal with somebody. You know, and it could be anybody. He he'll probably just take the most money. I mean, it could be like a bad team like the Pistons yeah. or Orlando or something like that. Is there any chance that he resigns with the Warriors? To Marcus, no, because he just didn't fit. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Maddie. The Warriors play best when they play play a faster pace of oh. basketball and they play small. So I mean, I don't think there's really any market for him there. I mean, it sucks for Demarcus, man. I mean, I've been reading he might not even be able to get a mid level exception. Somebody will sign Demarcus for some sort of discount. If I had to guess, I I could see the Lakers honestly getting him at a discount and him trying to go there and ring chase, you know, and get his stock back up. I think Demarcus will have a better season though this year. I think he was a little out of shape, you know, obviously Whenever it's hard he was to come in his prime last year, he was year. he he was right at 20 and 10 or like 19 and a half and 10. In the playoffs whenever he got going, he he was right at like 14 and 5. Well, so it's like when he got going. That's like him. when he had a good game. Yeah, he, he had a lot of when he's he had going. a lot of two, two, yeah, no, he fives. Did. He, 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 he's he also though so not close. playing the same amount of minutes that he usually would because he's out of shape, you know. So he's mm-hmm. still got to get in shape. I mean, I thought Demarcus. I mean, Demarcus when he was on when he was on the Pelicans, he was a tier one player, you yeah. know, like his his contract and just the way he was playing everything. He's playing like a max. He was salary the best player, you know, in, in the league. 25 and 12, 27 and 10 the year before. Yep. Now he's averaging over five assists both those years. I mean, that means he's doing it all. Mm-hmm. Tons of triple doubles. I mean, the, he's a walking stat machine. I yep. mean, now it's just, it's just not, he's just not the same to Marcus Cousins. I just think he needs to go somewhere and rebuild his stock. Mm-hmm. 
which I think can happen. I I, I don't I don't think the, the the sky is falling for him. I don't think his career is over or anything drastic. I think he's still a great player who can just well get have his to feet sign a one year deal. Yeah, yeah, of course. Re kind of like reprove himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think he can do it though. I think he can definitely do it. Mm-hmm. I just think he was out of shape. You know that now he's actually going to be healthy, so he can do something to like get himself in shape and you know, and he can put his numbers up. You know, I think I think it's a better situation for Demarcus now. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Marcus Morris? Um, I have no idea where Marcus Morris is going to go. Honestly, I don't. I don't know what teams are after. Some him sort of mid-level contender who could use a little bit of rebounding and outside shooting, sort of for five, ten million a year, something like that. Yeah, I mean he'll get his money because everybody gets their money. But I mean he's just, he is an average as can be. Like he has his moments and then he gets in slumps. So it is I fun mean, to watch I, him when he's hot, though. I do like watching him when he gets hot. What about uh, Rajon Rondo? Wasn't he still on the Lakers or no? I thought he, I thought he was an unrestricted free agent, or maybe he's restricted. I would see the Lakers probably re-sign him because LeBron likes him. Yes, LeBron likes somebody. He, he, he's like get that guy. So if LeBron likes him, I think he'll stay. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, why wouldn't you want to stay? You got Anthony Davis. You got LeBron. You probably have Leonard coming. I mean, you'd be foolish not to re-sign. Who Rondo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Rondo will stay in L.A. at the end of the day. I mean, like I said, there's not a huge market either for Rondo. I mean, at this at this point, Rondo wants to win. You know, I think L.A. is the best move for him. I mean, he only, he's, a, he's one of the worst shooting point guards ever. And that said, he's one of the most fun guys to watch mm-hmm. when he's on because the, the passes he makes are yeah, just beautiful. Yeah. They're, they're art. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not. I don't really like watching Rondo play. I like watching guys who can shoot. Well, he can't shoot. He he can't even hit foul shots. Yeah, no. Yeah, but um, but I mean, he's so fun to watch pass the ball, and he doesn't need to shoot on the Lakers. They have enough guys who can score, so it's a perfect place for him. Yeah. So um, I have two more guys to go. Danny Green. He's I mean, gonna he's fall a good apart. guy to get. If, you, if you're a contender, he's a. If you're a contender, he's a great guy. The place he should go is Philly because mm-hmm. they lost uh, – uh, what's his face? J.J. Uh, Redick. And he is like he's, – he's basically a J.J. Redick, maybe a little better, where he can play 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes and hit some big threes. Like he's one of those guys that like gets open on the screen, hits those threes. So because Philly lost Redick, he'd, he'd probably be perfect there. I agree with Penn. I think he's a handcuff to Leonard. I think he's kind of the, hey – I'm with him. Yeah, I think that I think he's waiting to see whatever Kawhi does. I mean, he might go end up going to chase money. He might follow. I mean, he would return to the Raptors. I think he could possibly go chase money, but I think he's going to more so just follow around Kawhi and do whatever he does. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Jabari Parker? That's the last one. Yeah. Is there any hope for his NBA career? Um, Jabari Parker is kind of in the same boat as DeMarcus Cousins. He's got to try to take another one of those. See, the thing is, Jabari Parker's playing style is exactly like Melo. Mm-hmm. He ball stops. I mean, he kind of slows the game down, you know, to play at his pace, and he's just not quite as good as he used to be. So, I mean, the market for him is about the exact same. I mean, I could maybe see a team like the Wizards trying to get DeMarcus Cousins and re-sign Jabari Parker and keep them two around, but not much of a market. Mm-hmm. I do uh, like the fact how your Rockets uh, got – Austin Rivers back for a minimum deal at 26 years old. That's a he's the most valued for, for that deal backup point guard in the league. 
Um, ran it back with Gerald Green and Daniel House. Um, those are good signs. I do like the wings running it back with. Um, I don't. I. I guess I can't kind of see the whole. We can't get rid of Capella because we wouldn't get what we want for him. So that's fine. But um, <clears throat> I don't think Capella is the guy that kind of helps take you over the top. You know, I think you need like a white side type, a big body type. DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like the Rockets did lose in this free agency. I felt like they needed to add one other big player, and they, they didn't do it. And I and I understand they have no cap space, but you got to figure it out because you, you can't – you're not going to win with this roster. So, I didn't think the Rockets were – I didn't – I thought the Rockets – you know, they just stayed the, stayed the exact same. So, I mean, I could agree with Maddie that they are a loser because, I mean, most of these other teams are out here trying to get better and mm-hmm. do something to shake up the roster, and they're just not doing anything. If, if you're a fan and you like the team, you like it because you like running it back with the guys that you had. But if you look at the big picture in the league, everyone else is advancing and retooling so fast. It's, and that's why I was shocked with the, the Bucks. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I was shocked with the Bucks that they didn't make a big enough. Like, I I didn't think that they made a, a, a big enough move either. I think they overpaid. Yeah, like Chris even Kemba Walker would have been great at D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, like yeah, just that, one more guy to help the, the just freak take out. Some, because, just take some pressure off of the freak to not have to shoot this many shots and make this many shots in a game. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. I felt like they were one guy away from you know getting to the championship and then ultimately potentially winning it. And it's like, well, you didn't get that one extra guy that you needed this offseason. Yeah. So we have about 15 more minutes. Um, we talked about losers in this free agency. We all have differing opinions on who lost and who won. But, uh, Penland, give me three winners in this free agency, teams. The Nets are big winners, obviously, because they got Kyrie and KD. Um, I think that... You know, if the, if the Lakers ended up getting Kawhi, obviously they're a big winner. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't pick one right there would yeah you, with that would you modify your I, answer to the to the recipient of Kawhi Leonard is a winner in this free agency yeah whoever receives yeah. Kawhi Leonard is a big winner um the Jazz were big winners mm-hmm. they got better they got a lot better I mean I thought the Jazz honestly they you could argue them and the Nets are probably the two biggest winners of the entire free agency itself mm-hmm. and I don't know it's tough to pick the what last about the team, Pelicans I, the Pelicans are on my list because Pelicans not exactly not getting team. free agents. Well, maybe not this just, year, but, but but they set their team up for a really long time. putting a new team together. Yeah, yeah. No, they got, they got a nice starter kit, like if you want to think about it in, 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 in real simple. If those guys oh. come through, if, if one of those guys like Brandon Ingram becomes a player, I mean, they really did a good job because I do believe in Zion. So I think it's like AD and Zion is a wash. And then getting like an Ingram – you know, and even though they overpaid, they they got JJ Redick. Yeah, I would honestly put the I'd put the Kings in there as a winner. We got to see where Kawhi goes to pick pick a third winner. All right, uh, Maddie, what do you think? Give me three winners. I'm gonna go with the Nets. Okay. I'm gonna go with the Lakers because I think Leonard's gonna go there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, and they got AD as well, so it's not like they had a quiet off season before that. And you know, I I know this is dumb, and this may sound dumb on my part, but I'm kind of going to go with the Celtics just because I think Kemba Walker is such a right fit for that team, and he will do what you know he will be what Isaiah Thomas and Scary Terry was with more talent. The change of attitude is good, and I do like because Kemba Walker is 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 in the upper tier of offensive point guards in the league, and I think he will only get better there. He's a perfect fit there. And I know I could totally jinx myself, but I'm thinking the big, big things of Kemba Walker just being an absolute superstar. 
Mm-hmm. He also went to Yukon, which is a, like only two hours from Boston, so he knows the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's big. But, you know, the Nets just like getting two big players and the Lakers, you know, trying to turn into like a power team and yeah. mm-hmm. make L.A. the capital of basketball. Um, my first, the, the, the biggest winner of free agency to me was the Nets, of course. Um, not just because they got Durant, which they have to wait a year for, and Kyrie, which is an obvious. I mean, to, to me, it's an upgrade over D'Lo right now, which is saying a lot because I, I, I like D'Lo a lot. I don't, I'm not necessarily in love with, uh, with Kyrie, but I think he does good things for the uh, for the Nets. They're a more you know methodical style team, so I think he'll work there. Um, and they also got DeAndre Jordan for really cheap, like 10 mil a year for somebody who used to be the best rebounding center in the league and still puts up good rebounding numbers. If he's healthy, that's a good deal for them. Um, the Pelicans are another team on my list. I honestly do think that if guys like Lonzo and Ingram have a decent season and, and Zion doesn't hit like a rookie wall, I think they're a team that could slip into that seven or eight spot because they do have a lot of talent. I agree. And also, um, I'm going to pose a question to you guys, because my third team is obviously the recipient of Kawhi Leonard. Um, I'm going to pose a question. Did the Sixers win this free agency? No. No. Why not? No, the Sixers built a team that would dominate the NBA five years ago. I mean, they have no shooting on this team. I thought the Sixers, you know, they needed to go out and get more shooting. I mean, Josh Richardson's a decent shooter. Tobias Harris is a good shooter, but... I mean, Al Horford, Embiid, and Ben Simmons. I mean, Horford and Embiid can shoot for being sinners, but at the same time, they're sinners. The you know, biggest, they're not ugliest lineup I've ever seen. Horford was yeah, really showing age last year. Mm-hmm. Like, he was really see, I, showing age. See, I think the Celtics team is too small to kind of – I just don't think they can shoot the ball well enough, and they're a little small to be able to bang with the, with a team like the 76ers. But, I mean, a team like the Bucks, who's big and can shoot and can mm-hmm. run up and down you the floor, do yep. they'll run – They'll run them right off the oh, floor, yeah, you know. If you thought Embiid looks frustrated and tired in the playoff series this year against the Nets, check him out next year in every game because they're just going to get run up and down the floor every time. Yeah, I still think Philly, though, is a contender. Like, I trust me, I've, I've been talking to people. I mean, a lot of people think Philly has the best team now in the East. I've tried to convince myself they are the best team, but they, I just can't do it. I'm, maybe I'm, on I paper no and talent with potential and this and that, you know, like it, we're doing mental gymnastics to say that they're the best team in the East. But on the floor for 60 minutes, I don't think they're the best team. I agree. So should we go to the baseball? You wanted to talk about the uh, the London Classic? Oh, yes, the London Series. Um, Let's talk wait, All-Stars, too. Yeah, we, we, we can't talk All-Stars. Um, what was cool about the London Series is that the stadium that they used, it took them three weeks to do it. It's the home of West Ham United, and it sat 60,000 people. Both games were sold out. 59k and change yeah it was which, funny. which i was I mean, surprised i think it's funny that the british people are going to think baseball is such a high scoring mm-hmm. game and yeah. it is a high this year the runs have been insane mm-hmm. i mean i i think me as a better i'm i always do the over-unders the last few years average games sometimes would be seven and a half eight sometimes the bad pitchers nine colorado 10 yeah we're looking at over-unders 11, 11 12 and a half. 13 yeah yeah mm-hmm. And the funny thing was the first game, Red Sox-Yankees, was 13. And it was such a, uh, a kind of trap game because you're like 13 runs. Holy shit. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it turned out to be a – didn't they hit the over in the first in inning? The first inning, it was yeah, 11 it and a half. Six, six. Is what I had. 6-6 six, six in the first two innings. Rick Porcello got one out before he got pulled. And Kenta Medea got um, 
two outs before he he, he let up six. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I took the over both games, and I mean the second game I couldn't believe it cashed, but the first yeah. game I was like, geez, I only wish I threw more. Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, um, yeah, it was four to two in the and the second game in the like the seventh inning, yeah, and yeah, just exploded. And then, mm-hmm. So in the in the whole weekend, fifty runs were scored in the two games, sixty five hits, ten home runs. Most the Red runs, Sox have no bullpen, n- none at all. Um, and the and I'm about to get into the reasons for the, such, such the high scoring. There's a few um, you know little little theories of what went wrong. It's the most runs between the Yankees and the Red Sox in their in a, in a two game series between their rivalry like, ever. And um, Boston had two six run innings in the series. New York had three, and th- they both had three four run innings in the whole series. There's a few the- theories of why um, the it, w- it was aggressively so high scoring and so many hits. Um, the first one, which is the most, I guess, believable and most, you know, actually physically we can put our hands on it and see it and identify it, is the turf was faster. The turf that they brought over from the U.S. was um, is not turf they usually use on baseball fields. But so they were hitting bombs, though. But if you – watching it out. It wasn't even – Yeah, well, both games in between home runs, a lot of the singles that outfielders normally would catch – they were lasers that would roll by the outfielders and hit the wall. There were there there were a lot more of those over the weekend, um, a lot more, you know, just quality hard hit balls. And even even past the turf, it um, one of the theories was because of all the humidity in England, a lot of the sliders and breaking pitches weren't going. That's what um, who. God, there was there was a relief pitcher for the for the Red Sox. She was like, "That's I've, so funny because everybody is like, Colorado is the worst place. Mm-hmm. Imagine England. I mean, who knew that England would be? And I mean, is, I don't know what's true or what's not. I, but I, I was about to say, and I'm I'm not good with the weather patterns and how humidity and stuff affects, but maybe it is the the two extremes. Colorado is so dry and airy, and England's so wet and humid. Maybe it's hard to get the pitchers to do what you want them to. And um, I just think the Red Sox bullpen stinks. But when you score 50 runs, the next time the Red Sox-Yankees play each other, it'll be interesting to see how yes. they do mm-hmm. back at home. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't, does it, is it 50 runs, like 30 runs? Is it that? Is the, is the grass and the air that much of a difference? No, I do think that the hitters were a little bit hyped up for, um, for the foreign series because you notice the first inning of, of the first game was so – you know, hot. Um, I think. Well, the fences though were also set at like high school fields. It was like three eighty five to dead center. Three eighty five and dead center. Three forty five wow. to left, and then three thirty five to right. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and then field, like they're almost asking for a home run. Which the Red Sox yeah, Yankees both the- playing gimmicky stadiums anyway, so I don't put that much stock into that excuse. Oh, I put a lot into it. I mean, the Yankees, you know, you know how they do against that type of pinching. I mean, the Yankees yeah. just hit tanks to those short porches, and that was exactly what they were doing. I mean, that that ballpark played exactly to the Yankees' strengths. It did. Uh, pitching was actually bad on both sides. On Saturday, both teams used eight pitchers apiece. 21 pitchers made 30 appearances the, the whole weekend. I mean, it was fun to watch. I mean, it, it was. was I, I, mean, the, I think the Red Sox were down like 17 to six or something in the first game and then they were like you're like hey they might make this game kind of interesting mm-hmm. yeah and they kind of did yeah Only but it was runs. a different type of baseball it was it was weird uh, the crowd was really into it i enjoy hearing the crowd noise 
Um, the, all the ugly clothes were, were pretty horrendous to look at, like the, all the split shirts and all the weird hats. And, you know, the British people were pretty fucking weird. Um, well, I saw it's a, kind of funny because there's some football games that, like, when they do the British, the football, the NFL games there, sometimes you get, like, a 9-3 to three yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, Jacksonville Jaguars snooze uh-huh. fest. Uh-huh. You know, at six in the morning here, which I'm a psycho and I wake up yeah, for. No, I'll, I'll do it and every, every day of the week. Fifty runs in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that. I fully agree with you on that, Maddie. Most of those London games are like, you know, you're like you wake up to watch a London football game, and I mean, you get some ugly football games. Oh. Like that one where the Titans went for two and didn't get it at the end. You know, yeah. like you get um, some gross football. There was the one where the Falcons games. blew the lead to the Lions. They blew a 21 point lead. Oh, to that the Lions. was. The, my day was ruined on an on an NFL Sunday, and it wasn't even twelve o'clock yet. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was it was nine a.m. in the morning, and then our our our, our day was already ruined. Yeah, you guys, we got, like, did you guys enjoy watching day. the ten a.m. game because yes, I'm used to that, and I love it. Mm-hmm. You guys I, get to see how much better it is. That like you wake up, you don't have to deal with a six hour pregame show. Mm-hmm. Yep, and mm-hmm. you just watch football or baseball. That is the most. You know, I, that's I, the most annoying love part of Sundays. Early is having to listen to Howie Long talk for three hours from 11 to, you know, one thirty or whatever. I mean, when I grew up in New York, it was so annoying because you, I'd wake up because I was excited. You wake up at 9 in the morning, and then you have four hours before the game starts. Yep. Here, I'll wake up, and it's like you have an hour, and you're doing shit, and by the time you're done doing shit, you know, the game start. You don't have to sit for four hours to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, um, speaking back of the London series, there was a Yankees pitcher that said, the ballpark that was built it didn't really resemble any other ballparks in America, so maybe the high runs was and the bad pitching was optical outlook, you know, kind of weird kind of out environment. Not the status quo, so to speak. But um, it was a really fun weekend. I really enjoyed it. Um, the defense was good when the balls were kept in the park. Um Pitching was not good. The hitting was good. I hope England doesn't think that every game is 30 runs apiece now because we can't keep up with that. Well, there's a lot of runs this year. I've noticed that this year the scores have been so much higher than usual. Mm-hmm. It's so it's much higher. Dominant hitting. Fellas, when is the That's All-Star all game? Really say. For baseball. When The All-Star break this year? All-Star game. Isn't it the 5th or the 6th of... July 9th. July 9th. 9th. Next Tuesday. um, So, actually, Maddie and Penland, if you would like to, what we can do is we can do the All Stars next week and give. Yeah, I gotta gotta hop off. I'm sorry. I was about to say, we're already at the hour limit. So, um, that's all I have for baseball. Anything you guys want to say about the women's soccer today, real fit? Uh, One minute on it. Are they going to beat England? America's playing England. Um, I think England has a better attack than we do, but I think we play better defense is what I was reading. Um, I would say U.S. wins 2-1. to one. I'm going to say USA 2-1. to one. Penland? Penalty kicks. PKs? Um, I'm going to say USA wins in regulation. I already took them on the book, so I think What'd they win in regulation. What are the odds for the regulation win? I got a minus, minus 130. That's pretty good. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. That's definitely very solid. And then I've got a very hefty future on them to win this entire tournament. So who's the who's that. the toughest competition left? Shoot, I think I think France was the toughest team. I really don't and know that much out. about Sweden. Teams I, in is Sweden still in? Yeah, who's in the um, other semifinal? I'm not sure who's in the other semifinal. 
I I know Sweden's pretty good. Uh, Norway, like all the, I don't know what you call them, the Icelandic countries. You know, I, I know they're mm-hmm. pretty good. Scandinavian. Yeah, Scandinavian. There you go. You didn't do good in school, huh? No, I didn't. Honestly, geography is usually just, my You just studied suit, the Falcons. Literally, the Falcons, the Braves, and lunchtime. And the and the weird Utah Jazz and the, the even Utah more Jazz. bizarro Tulane Green Wave. All right, it's it's a um. Here we go. Let me. I'm pulling up the bracket. All right, so it's the Netherlands versus Sweden, and then England versus the U.S. So it'll be whoever, Sweden, U.S. Sweden versus whoever wins today with us. And that we already beat Sweden, but you never know. It's hard to beat a team twice, but wait, we beat wait, them pretty good too. Was it group stage? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. That makes you feel. And they a, a said that better. was their toughest game. They're like, mm, yeah. they hyped it like Sweden's the toughest game, and I, I had it on, but I wasn't like paying attention, yeah. attention. Yeah. But USA won pretty. They scored a goal in the first minute, and then they won two zip. Yeah, and we didn't even play our best lineup because we had already technically advanced and won the uh, and won the region. So we were just this like you know, know we didn't even have our best players in, and we still beat them handily. So I honestly, I feel like our team's really underachieved sitting here watching these games. So I feel like we're due for a for a and, big and, performance in this game or next. Game. Usually, the, the U.S. Uh, scores like a lot of goals, and there's usually a big margin of victory in a lot of our matches. I've seen a lot of one one goal results. This, this season, so... Well, it's good. It's good that everybody's uh, getting closer, getting you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So, guys, all right. uh, that's all I have. Matty Goldberg, take it away so you can get out of here. I'm at Matty Goldberg out. 1 on Twitter, at Matty Goldberg on Instagram. I love you guys. I'm going to give you more baseball picks uh, because it's the only sport I've been starting to gamble. And we're all, we're a month away from the Thomas Penland opening college football lock of the lock year. Lock of the year. I'm ready for it. Which I will always... Laugh about Hawaii versus Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, don't hate me. All right, well, hey, this year, this year on week zero, I think it's Miami versus Florida. I mean, I wish both those teams could lose, but you know, I'll come on to give you all the lock. Gotta the go with Florida. Yeah, oh, yeah Rick is gone, so you never know. He's the wait, worst wait, coach wait. ever. Nah, it's too early to be asking about a spread. Why are we doing? Wait, this? wait, I'm just gonna say, Rick is the worst coach ever. God yeah, I think the spread is seven and a half for Florida, by the way. Ooh. In the game, yeah, they're playing at a neutral site in Orlando, but I mean, I'll probably end up right in Florida in that yeah, one. I was about to say, I'll, I'll take Florida on the spread. Chomp Gators. All right, I love you guys. I got to run. I'll talk to you guys really soon and uh, enjoy your summer. We'll talk before the 4th of July. All right, um, pod next Monday night, okay? Sounds good. All right, uh, Thomas Pinlin, tell the people who you are and where to find you at. I am Thomas Penlin. I am the host of Hot Takes with TP3 Sports Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. On Instagram at TP3 underscore NBA underscore bets. Uh, appreciate y'all having me on once again, Cohen. I always love coming on and talking with you and Maddie. So another great episode. Yes, um, I think out of the, the trio that we've had, I think this has been our best episode to date because lately I've been writing down stuff and actually building an episode and doing not – full-on segments because that's for Disney channels, but, you know, talking about one topic at a time and working through the list, you know, instead of just, woo, this, 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 this. So I think this is the best episode we did. Thank you so much for coming on. We needed uh, your NBA expertise and your um, Houston Rockets and Atlanta Hawks fandom to kind of let us know what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, my name's Cohen Hughes. Um, find me on Instagram, Cohen underscore Hughes. Uh, Facebook to search Cohen Hughes. I don't do Twitter. Find the podcast page at, at TDDPod. On Instagram, Twitter, you search for Facebook as well. Um, this has been episode number 97, the Kurt Bush episode. Um, 
We thank you for listening, and we hope you have a good day. Appreciate it.